0: Welcome to So Many Wrong Notes.
1: <laughs> the podcast where two Asians squabble about music. Do you see dandruff?
0: I don't see dandruff. And oh, sorry. Sorry. This is an audio medium, so no one can see
1: <laughs>
0: No one can see your dandruff. Oh. Because you know.
1: Hey, everyone. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> So Franny yeah you know they say the first time is always the most special time
0: uh-huh <laughs> yeah yeah
1: do you remember your first time oh <laughs> what was your first time working with composers
0: oh well like a lot of people it was in college <laughs> <laughs> It was in college, and it was for my senior recital, um, and it was actually a surprise piece. One of my friends, his name is James Radford, he wrote me a piece um, where the motivic material came from the letters of my name, and it was Aww. kind of like a graduation gift.
1: Wait, Franny?
0: No, Francis Yoon. But R? Well, what... <clears throat> The system that he used was he assigned a a letter to every note of the alphabet starting from middle C. So Uh, middle C is A, and so on and so forth. So incidentally, the letters E and F correspond to the letters E and F in the alphabet.
1: That's true, but then do you just keep on doubling over and over with the...
0: So no, so you just have 26 notes. So the octave, the actual octave... Matters. Okay. So middle C is A, and then you go up C-sharp is B, D, E.
1: Oh, oh, so you're going up there. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. And so my name, Francis Yun, actually created a very ugly motive. (laughs) But it was very clever. And what he did was we were both in this class called Contemporary Conducting, where we, like, learn how to conduct contemporary music and oh, one of okay. one of our assignments was to write like short little little exercises for us to conduct right oh
1: that's fun. yeah
0: and it was my goal to write the stupidest like ditties that i could think of and he right, incorporated right. a lot of those stupid ditties into the um uh, into the piece
1: so he was good
0: yeah it was oh, a great piece he called it it's very punny Oh, no. He called it the fantasy stuk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who is this person and I want to meet him? <laughs> is it like do you still do you still have that piece?
0: I have it somewhere i I don't know exactly where I put it because I've been looking for it recently because I've been thinking about it
1: mm-hmm. but
0: I do have it somewhere
1: I wonder if it still holds up
0: maybe I don't know i I really enjoyed it
1: cuz i imagine you guys are like 18, right?
0: Well, i mean, senior recital, we were we were Oh, right. I didn't hear that part. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, we were in our 20s, early 20s. Mhm. And yeah, it was a blast working on that piece.
1: Did was it hard or was it just like
0: It wasn't hard. It was I mean, bits of it were tricky. Mhm. But I don't know. Maybe because it was about me, I just <laughs> felt like it was easier. I'm so narcissistic. You know what? I mean? Well, no, may-
1: maybe it's not not that you felt it was easier, but the the fact that it was about you made you take it seriously. And That's
0: true. Although, I mean, it's a very good piece, but mm-hmm. It's it's a very jokey piece. But I but think you okay. tend
1: to like getting those as commissions, right?
0: Yeah, I guess. So, let me turn it back on you, Jeanette. Uh, when was your first time?
1: It was It was also in college, oh. actually. Um, but I was a freshman, so beat you there.
0: Younger than me. <laughs> Rub it in my face.
1: I will, actually. <laughs> <laughs> and you won't know what to do with it.
0: <laughs> okay, so... You were a freshman in college. what yeah. happened. by the way, uh, actually before we before you tell your story, where were you a freshman in college, Gun?
1: <laughs> I was at the place where they say it's like a prison cell only with cellos. I think it was Robin Williams that had that quote actually.. Oh, yeah?
0: yeah, where did Robin Williams get kicked out of school? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he got kicked out of Juilliard, which was uh, my undergrad.
0: Oh, and, uh, look at you, Juilliard.
1: Yeah, and so this kid was... uh, He had never written a piano piece before. So Uh he was kind of, I think, like, very shy, very socially awkward. But I think he just kind of liked my playing. So he asked Mm -hmm. me if he could write a piece for me. Um, And, uh, of course, I was, like, very flattered. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'd love for that to happen. Like, I've never had that before, like, actually written for me. And um, so he... I didn't quite know what the process was um but he one day just like showed up into my practice room and i was like hi <laughs> and he goes he, you know i mean it's just it's, it's awkward because those practice rooms are so small yeah and so another person there they're basically like over you hovering over you and breathing down your back uh-huh. and he asked me to play something for him and i was just like oh, i don't have anything to play and he's like no no, no. Th- can i just watch and wow. so i guess I guess he just wanted to watch me practice. And it was it was super awkward cuz I when someone's watching you practice.
0: That's kind of voyeuristic.
1: Start, yeah, I mean no. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I, I was could, very uncomfortable.
1: Well, I mean, I I'm of course like very insecure about my playing as mm-hmm. most freshmen are, but um I started fucking up all over the place because yeah. he was watching and I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to judge how I play. And so I was just thinking he's going to write me nothing like he's going to decide he doesn't want to write for me because I can't play for shit. Yeah. And like, But yeah, he finally left after an hour and then he, he handed me the piece. Of Wait like a minute. A an hour? Yeah, it was a while. Uh,
0: oh, my God. But he yeah. handed you the piece a short time yeah. after that.
1: And And guess what it was called?
0: What was it called?
1: It's like the cheesiest name. World of Shadows.
0: World Shadows?
1: No, World. World of
0: Shadows. World of Shadows.
1: Where I shouldn't I shouldn't say anything bad about the title because he was a freshman. And he's actually doing really well now. Yeah. But uh and it was a good piece. It was mm-hmm. a very uh virtuosic piece. And um it was the first time I've ever seen like rapidly oscillating nines up and down a keyboard. I was wow. a bit yeah i mean it was it was a challenge but it was um i took it very seriously because i yeah. was just like this was written for me i gotta play the shit out of exactly this. yeah yeah so i probably practiced that piece more than any other solo work i was working on at that time
0: wow well that actually is a good segue because i want to ask you how did your teacher feel about you working on that piece did you tell your teacher was this a secret
1: i don't think i ever played it for her Okay. I I think I mentioned it once, and that was it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I I mean, this leads to I think kind kind of what we weren't we're talking about today, which is we're talking about working with composers and how much we love it. But mm-hmm. then there's also another faction that kind of poo-poo's that, and so I think we should start with that. Why yeah. did you feel uncomfortable taking this piece to your teacher?
1: Um. For the reason she probably would not take it seriously and be like, "Why are you bringing this to me?" yeah and I mean I have to be clear um I speak a little disparagingly of Juilliard because they' v- the piano uh professors there at the time I was there were um very traditional, very um keen on making soloists and competition winners um mm-hmm. and for me um That was not something I liked doing. I did not like going to competitions. I, in fact, stopped entering them for a while. But um, I loved working with composers from the get-go. Like, that was a collaborative process that I loved. And it didn't occur to me that it was weird that they didn't think it was cool either. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it was just because it was so much the way of life there. Like, it was just like... Nobody was a new music pianist there. Exactly. Um, yeah. Only a little later. I mean, Vicky Chow was in my studio. So, of course, um, I kind of watched her turn into a contemporary exactly. music pianist. Yeah.
0: Can you tell us more about Vicky Chow? Just for people who don't know who she is.
1: Uh, Vicky Chow is the pianist of Bang on a Can. Um, she's doing really well um, right now. I think she just released a new album of commissioned works. Um She's a great pianist. Always, I've always admired her. Yeah. Um, I may have had like a slight girl crush on her, actually. That's fine. But then uh, <laughs> I beat her in Scrabble, and then I stopped uh, having a girl crush on her. Uh. Is, that, is that horrible of me to say? <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, so I know how to lose your admiration now. <laughs> I mean, but in my case, it was also similar. I did take my piece to my teacher. But oh, did because you? Yeah, but because the piece was kind of a joke, I mean, the piece is a funny piece. I don't mean to say that the piece is a joke. Um, yeah. <clears throat> I felt more comfortable about it, taking it, because it was mm-hmm. this kind of, it was kind of more of a, um, like a dessert piece rather than something serious like Beethoven. <laughs> so <laughs> I did, I I felt very comfortable taking it to that piece to my teacher. Mm -hmm. If it was a, if it was a piece in a different vein, I think I might not have taken it to my teacher at all.
1: Well, the funny thing is I was very proud of this piece. Like it was a very actually hyper romantic sort of in the Listian tradition kind of piece. But I was just proud of the fact that like I was asked Mm -hmm. and that I was premiering it and all the composition faculty and students would be there listening to it, um, but for some reason, I just I just knew that she wouldn't be interested. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, what was your teacher's reaction?
0: I mean, my teacher really liked the piece, but I also feel like he didn't consider it as a very serious piece of music. You know, it right. was just I was entertainment. A- yeah, exactly. He got entertainment out of it. Yeah. Which actually is probably a testament to how good the piece is, frankly. Right. Yeah. 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 It's harder
1: to be funny in music.
0: Exactly, yeah. But um, that's sort of why I felt, because he gave me, James, the composer, gave me this piece um, the semester that I was going to give my recital. And, of course, I had set my program, like, the semester before. So I needed, like, program approval. And the piece was, like, only, like, three minutes long. And so it wasn't going to add any, like, significant time. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, so that's why I took it to him. And that's I sort of knew that he would approve it because, you know, it's a gift and it was a great piece. So I took it to him in that in that respect. But if it were something more, I I don't want to say serious, but, you know,
1: longer, um...
0: longer, more. I don't even want to say more significant either, but you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not intended as an entertainment piece. It's intended yeah. as serious music.
0: Yeah, I I probably would not have taken it to my teacher.
1: Well, did this change for you? Like, because uh, we're we're talking about our undergrad, but did yeah. it change as you went on to your masters and doctorate?
0: Um, it changed. Yeah, definitely changed. Because I got more into working in, in contemporary music in general when I was uh when i was a master student mm-hmm. but when i was getting my masters um at manhattan school of music i would say that though the attitude was more progressive than what you described at juilliard it was the piano faculty were still pretty much very traditional
1: yeah 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 um
0: Although for my master's recital, I played all the four North American ballads, ballads I should say, Uh, <laughs> Frederick Jeffsky.
1: Too much Chopin. I know. Right? Uh,
0: oh, I love Jeffsky. Yeah, he's great. I love Jeffsky. And I played the four North American ballads, and I brought it to my teacher, and he was supportive of that decision. And those are great pieces, although they're hard as fuck. Oh, my God. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, but I mean, he he he's sort of a considered a classic now. Yeah, right? he is so sort that's of a, sort of.
0: But remember, I'm old. Back when I was getting my master's, he was still. I mean, he was reaching classic stage, but you know, not a lot of people really, really knew who he was. I should say, not a lot of like traditional pianists knew who he was. I feel like a lot more traditional pianists know who he is now.
1: They do now, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, in in. Um, MSM is is more progressive. It it started the whole contemporary program. That's right, yeah. Which, in its first year, Vicky applied to um, because she was a couple years older than me in my studio. Um, And so that's how I became aware of it. So I always thought MSM was more progressive.
0: I mean, it definitely is more progressive. And I think that contemporary program is a great program.
1: Yeah. Um, Lots of good people come out of that.
0: Yeah, lots of really, really good people come out of that. But... Why do we like to work with composers? What is it about working with composers that we like and that we do? And I still do, even if even though I'm a harpsichordist and people don't think that we tend to play new music, but I like to
1: Well make- actually I think harpsichordists play mainly either very early music or very contemporary music. Yeah. Like it seems to be a similarity in, in some ways.
0: Yeah, I I I feel like those two things are very much kindred spirits. Yeah, and I don't exactly know why, but Ooh, I, oh. <laughs> but I yeah they're definitely kindred spirits. But why do you like to play new music? Why do you like to work with composers specifically?
1: Why well, I, I I love the collaborative aspect, but I also love the fact that um there isn't an answer to the piece that you're playing like uh it's not oh i listened to a recording and that's how it's supposed to go or somebody else has figured it out or somebody has an expectation of how you're supposed to play a certain canonic work i mean this is just your interpretation and you figure it out Mm. and you create the solutions it's That that's probably the the most fun part for me is the problem solving game aspect of it. Yeah, (laughs) it's like because a lot of I, as you know, I've played pretty much every student composition work, uh, at at Michigan. Like whoever wrote anything for solo piano, they would ask me to play, and often it was not um, well notated. Mm -hmm. Not not I mean, a lot of talent in Michigan, but like notation is is a craft that takes a while right and mm-hmm. there are things that i would guess at what they meant are it just sort of takes a little more interpretive thinking mm-hmm. to get to what you think makes a cohesive piece yeah. and oftentimes if you do that the composer is like oh yes i meant that gesture or oh i like how you're doing that let me write that in mm-hmm. and that sort of thing is awesome. Like, you're just kind of influencing each other exactly, and yeah. helping, but also like learning something about how you could shape this that you didn't think was possible. Uh-huh. Oh, and another fun thing is like hand arrangements and fingerings. <laughs> like, no, because a lot of the uh, passages can be kind of unpianistic.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and um, my favorite thing to do was to figure out hand arrangements to make it possible because uh (laughs) i mean composers will ask me all the time they're like is this impossible to do or do you think this is too like uh, uh, awkward for the hand and i was like oh i can make it work like just give me a little bit and i'll I'll try to make it work because you can always make it work that's the thing that's true like are you gesture your way through it but like (laughs) (laughs) but i mean it was just so much fun like
0: yeah no that that part of working on a new piece and with a composer is fun. But I mean the thing that I like the most is I can actually go to a person and say, Wait, what did you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I'm having trouble something figuring something out. That is priceless. It the is the fact so that you can do that. Yeah, because normally um you if you're playing music <laughs> by dead white people you have no opportunity to ask what did you mean, right? No,
1: it's hours of reading books that don't get there. Yeah,
0: usually, usually, and it's just listening to oh, so and so did this. So I think that's what we all we will all do, right? Well,
1: yeah. Or you just decide that I don't care what he means. I'm just gonna make it my. That's meaning. true.
0: <laughs> that's true. And then too.
1: everyone yells at you, but it's okay. Yeah. Because. And,
0: Yeah, that's totally fine. But with this, I can turn to... I can just pick up my phone and text, Hey, in Measure 32, something I'm not understanding. What did you mean? (laughs) And then I get a response back. Oh, I meant blah, blah, blah.
1: (laughs) Blah, 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 blah.
0: And I'm like, oh, blah, 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 makes sense. And he's like... Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I'm going to revise that.
1: Exactly, yeah. Oh, but the other thing is composers are very quick with the uh, messaging back. Yeah. Almost <laughs> instantaneous. It's like no other musician is as quick as they are because they're always at their computer. So oh, that's that. right.
0: I didn't consider that.
1: I mean, it's I've never, like, not gotten a response from a composer within, like, 10 minutes. <laughs> Maybe an hour if they're having sex or something. I don't know. <laughs> Things that I think is really invaluable, along with the being able to ask yeah. the creator of the piece what they meant, is um, getting instant feedback of what you're doing as a performer. Yeah, that's that's really so vital for a performer to know if like what we're like if we're actually carrying across an interpretation. Exactly. Like you sit down with a composer and he asks you to do something, and you play it. He's like, "Can you get this color? Or can you get this sound?" Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, that feedback helps you so much to be a better player. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I mean, that that's always been... I find that working on contemporary music has made me so much more versatile and yeah. uh, varied as a player.
0: And I also like the aspect of... I, I don't know if you do this. I sometimes do this, especially if I'm close with a composer, is I I... I suggest things like oh if this is what you mean maybe something oh, like yeah. this would be better yeah right
1: I do that a lot yeah, yeah. um and you know um it was really cute because like this this undergrad a couple years ago asked me to play this piece she wrote it's a good piece but yeah. it was it had some just issues with notation and So I was suggesting how she would notate it for it to be more intuitive. And she was, like, wanted to sit down with me for, like, two hours every week (laughs) just to, like... art. And then, like, one time I had done all these hand arrangements and I had done the little colors of the stuff. And she took iPhone photos of the piece of music (laughs) so she could re-edit it with the hand arrangements. Yeah. Because she all had it all in one hand. And it was, like, eh, didn't, didn't make sense to do that.
0: Yeah.
1: But, um... Yeah, it was really cute. And she won like five awards from that piece.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Nina Shankar. Yeah. <laughs> such, such a smart girl. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. But that's also kind of fulfilling. It's like, I feel like, you know, I've added something. It's mostly their piece, but it's like I've added something that'll be helpful to future players of the piece.
1: Well, you know, I, I, I was thinking that maybe we should tell uh, listeners a little bit about how much we've worked with a composer, um, because yeah. we've both done recitals of purely works that we've commissioned from composers, right? And mm-hmm. it you you mentioned composers you're really close to. So one, would you say you're extremely close to, like your closest friends are composers? And, and two... How did you get into commissioned works, and what was the premise behind it? So,
0: how did I get close to composers? I got really interested into contemporary music, and I just started meeting composers. And the great thing about composers is that they tend to be very smart, very sarcastic, I think, and Mm -hmm. very witty. They're probably one of the smartest people I know. So they're fun right. to hang out with, right? yeah. And I love playing new music, and so I would always ask, you know, if you ever want to write something, I'd be glad to play it. I would always. And offer they were them. like,
1: fresh meat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I mean, that's sort of how I sort of develop relationships with composers in that way. Um, mm-hmm. There are times when I just I might not know a composer very well, but I happen to like his or her music and I would just go hey would you write me a piece
1: now as a
0: student I could just go up to a fellow student and we don't have to think about money right because some yeah and that's really mostly where the I guess commissioning in quotes came from came for me yeah Uh, how about you
1: um so I for my last dissertation recital I I did um or Saito of commissioned works um, about the prepared piano mm-hmm. um, because I, I wanted the the modern take on the prepared piano. Um, and I did do a nominal sum <laughs> for each of these four mm-hmm. composers be, simply because you could apply for a grant, uh, like a small grant yeah, as yeah. a doctoral yeah. student. And I was just like, I, I really want to actually pay them <laughs> something. Mm-hmm. yeah And Yeah, I mean, some of them were really close friends. And then um, a couple were not, actually. So I would say 50, close. 50 were people who I've liked their music a lot. And then um, they kind of, we kind of knew each other mildly. Um, Uh But, you know, it it proved to be a great working relationship from that experience because um, I still play a lot of Beat and bender's works and we help each other out and he's he's such a great um mm-hmm. ally is that the right word I guess that's I mean an ally. He,
0: you need to tell us who who Beat and bender is
1: oh sorry David bender, who just right now uh got the professorship at Michigan State yay, yay. uh he was last at uh, un- uh University of Boise no Boise State University mm-hmm. uh, where he was professor professor for a couple of years and then um, he was just I love his music I think it's very accessible but it's very heartfelt mm-hmm. uh, at the same time and he just he's so smart and knows how to structure and edit really yeah. well <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so I mean i i getting Garth Neil piano quartet we're gonna commission him and we played his Red Vesper all the time and he helped me out a lot too it's like kind of yeah yeah So, I mean, it's just like when you do a lot of stuff as a student with composers, uh, it's very likely these composers will go on to do other things. And Mm -hmm. it's it's a lifelong friendship in many cases, I think.
0: That's definitely true. Yeah. So what do you think are some of the skills that are necessary in working with composers?
1: Skills required to play new music. Yes. I think, well, we kind of mentioned that you have to be open-minded like you have to be versatile in your thinking like Mm -hmm. you have to think of outside of the box solutions which I think are skills that we can use in anything that we do as a musician or in in life really Mm -hmm. but uh as a pianist that's really important for us in terms of career Mm -hmm. (laughs) because nowadays uh the solo pianist is gone like there's no real such thing um it's very few um and you have to think about what other things can a pianist do as a performer? Yeah. Um, and like uh, a new music pianist is becoming a, a big thing as well uh-huh. to, to do only that. But um, I think what contemporary music does to you is it, it just it's outside of your comfort zone. So you got to stretch your boundaries of performance and of what you're comfortable with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Like, there, there are a couple of pieces where I remember thinking, I don't know if this will come across well. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> like, I, I learned that one thing is you have to be really convinced yourself to be convincing. Yeah. And so I, I kind of treated everything I got as there's a really, really awesome piece in there. I just have to make it happen.
0: Exactly. You know, like,
1: it was my duty to make it Yeah,
0: good. absolutely. No, I totally agree with that. How is your, it's your job to sell the piece.
1: Yeah. And the <laughs> thing is, that's the sort of uh, philosophy I think that people should have for anything they do on stage. Yeah. Because it's a privilege to be on stage, right? That's like, right. Yeah. That's right. Um, so how about you? What do you think are important skills? Well, I
0: think you sort of mentioned them being, having an open mind, being flexible, problem solving Um, I think another really important skill to have is I don't know how to describe it but I guess the best way to describe it is is turning off judgment
1: Mm. yes does that make sense yes
0: it's um, I think a lot of people automatically judge a new work before they've even heard it or started practicing it.
1: Or given it a chance, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think... Or even, like, for example, there are some pieces that I've started working on that I just don't like, <laughs> right? Yeah. But... But you have to turn that off and you just have to keep going at it. And eventually you actually really learn to like those pieces. Yeah, They're,
1: that is the thing.
0: Yeah. And it's just turning off judgment. Yeah. <laughs> I think Well,
1: I mean turning off the snootiness that is kind of what we referred to in the first topic we were talking about, that sort of traditional mindset.
0: Exactly. Of
1: playing only to canonic works. Like, um I really hate the way Pianists, a lot of pianists that I grew up with talk about new music, like um, when I was in graduate school, um, we have this thing called New Music New Haven. Uh huh. And by the way, where just, did you go to graduate school? Um, a school in New Haven called Yale.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> Is that a famous yeah, school?
1: Yeah. Well, I I don't know. You <laughs> tell me. It's a small Anyways. school. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, well, um, at
0: Yale, you.
1: Famous for being beaten by Harvard for a long time. That's true. In football. But this year they won, I think. I don't really follow football. Sorry. No. Um, yeah, New Music New Haven was, I mean, composers at Yale are awesome. Like, that's just like, you have fun playing their stuff. A yeah. lot of it is like, you know, Pulitzer Prize winners come from. Exactly. There. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but, anyways, the pianists, like, you're supposed to play in that series at least once every year.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Like, as a pianist, that is your obligation. And they w- didn't want to do it. And so after I graduated, um, the coordinator would ask me to come back to play these concerts because no current students would play it.
0: Oh, like, man.
1: Isn't that ridiculous? That is ridiculous. I mean, I was happy because I got to play more of it. Yeah. Like I, But, I mean really like these are the best young composers like really <laughs> it's not like you're being you're playing like shitty pieces no
0: Anyways, so y- but I mean y- y- yeah well, I go mean, ahead it's, it's
1: like they would say things like this doesn't make any sense to me or yeah. like there's like it's just so hard there's just like it takes so long to learn this it's not worth it like things like that yeah. um and I think that is judgment based on uh our standard repertoire and based on what we're hearing from our teachers and expectations yeah and so i think that's your point like, yeah
0: that's definitely my point of just turning off that part that of what how you were raised I yeah yeah is the best best way of putting it and the thing about it is is if you think about it if you think about chopin Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of pianists who weren't Chopin, who were playing Chopin, like, let's say they were looking at a newly printed edition of his etudes, probably thought the same thing. This is wildly crazy. This is so weird. This is not, right? Have you ever read that
1: book about, like, the premieres of stuff back in the uh, 18th and 19th century?
0: The Lexicon of Musical Invective? Yes! That's what it was. I love that book.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's crazy. I mean, of course people talk shit. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So, but but people really believed in Chopin and really admired what he was doing, right? Well,
1: culturally, he was much more um, mainstream than composers are now.
0: That's true, yeah. And I feel like... That's sort of our responsibility is to bring that back, yeah, is totally to make composers writing music for us now part of the musical culture rather than this fringe thing, you know what I mean
1: that's also like um piano recitals back then consisted of works that were by living composers of that period exactly. um and for. I mean, this is something i I run into a lot because programming at Neal is you have to s- cater to a conservative mindset. People come to hear a certain composer. they come because they have the big romantic composers or the war horses that they want to hear. but I'm always fighting to get works of living composers on the program because mm-hmm. they will like it once they hear it. They just yeah. don't know yeah. it, it's just it has to be a regular thing to incorporate that
0: exactly uh. And it shouldn't be a weird thing, and it really shouldn't be a struggle. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes it is. I think, though, the the world has gotten better about new music. And I would almost argue that if there are people who get into so-called classical music, I feel like they're introduced to it through new music now. I think more people...
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, that's that's kind of the... I see a lot of concerts that we program that are like pay as you wish and uh-huh. we program only contemporary music. The people who come to these concerts have never been to a cons- classical concert before. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's like, that's key because they, they go there and they're not expecting a certain thing. And they're also like thrilled that it's not boring. <laughs> 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 like they go there because, you know, we're serving food and there's also like alcohol and and some of their friends are there. Yeah. And then they'll end up being like, Blown away. They were just like, Oh my god, that was such a cool piece. Like I got goosebumps and blah blah blah. So I, I think that um the new contemporary scene, because it is so um it has a lot of popular styles and it's very varied. Mm-hmm. Um that it's the way to kind of to hearken back to our first episode when we talked about um dwindling audiences. Yeah. This is our this is our um tool. This is the greatest tool, is to make it popular um, and to bring everyone in with this accessibility. Yeah. I mean,
0: I think what you're saying, though, kind of goes to a larger issue, and I'd like to close out the discussion sort of touching on this issue. You mentioned how you need to increase your level of comfort Mm -hmm. right kind of extend uh, extend your comfort zone and try to sell the piece as it is right if it's a new piece yeah and i'm wondering why don't we do this with works in the canon
1: yeah and that's that's the the first issue that um made me like new music more is is simply because you can do that to a new work um and you can make it completely your own and you can make it however you see, you see fit to fall in love with it and to perform it that way. But um, canonic works are so often played and so often taught that it becomes museumified. And mm-hmm. I think that it is expected of us to play it a certain way. And if we don't, which I know you and I have done things unexpected with standard repertoire and gotten flack for it. It's like we get that pushback. Mm hmm and 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 that's why i think that it is harder to really be convincing with something that has the answer already written out in stone <laughs> you know what i mean the thing is i find myself much more motivated to put into work on a new piece than to put into work on an old piece not to say that i will play anything if i'm bored with it because that uh-huh. just like that's ridiculous. Why would I do that? But yeah. it's more just like I find it so much more engaging and challenging to do that with new music.
0: But um, I think, really, my ultimate point is: why not treat everything like it's contemporary music?
1: <laughs> you want to make a T-shirt? Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't think I don't think that's that's snazzy enough to fit in a T-shirt.
1: Well, you know, it's funny because I used to think uh sort of like a uh, flip side statement of Mm. what you just said because um i see a lot of new music performances that seem kind of lackluster and um i always tried to give it my all and somebody asked me like what was what like what was my way of working on it and i was like i think about them as like a canonic standard work as in like it's i i meant that I put in the same amount of work and the same amount of like serious study of that piece um as I would for any other solo piece that I would be playing for a degree recital or something.
0: No, I agree. I think we're sort of getting at the same point yeah. in opposite ways. I think so. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in in other words, we're just going back to what David Lang said. It's just music. <laughs> right? Oh, and dear I just. I just feel like you have a process for learning a piece of music, and that process applies to pretty much anything that you would play, right?
1: Hopefully. Ideally, yes. Ideally.
0: And, uh, of course, you make some adjustments like in terms of historical accuracy, or I shouldn't say accuracy, I should say being informed by history.
1: Yeah, right. I think everyone should be informed. Yeah. Um and but the ultimate thing is how convinced you are exactly. yourself. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And and yeah, and then kind of figuring out different methods for different things, for different pieces. Yeah. But the the essential process is that you have a piece of music, you need to convey whatever its message is to the audience and connect to the audience in that way. Yeah. That makes both you and the composer happy. I really also enjoy working with composers and asking them to write me a piece or commissioning them now to write me pieces because I never know what I'm going to get and it's great. Yeah. It is. It's so uh,
1: great.
0: I mean, like there are times when you have to like set a limit like for programming issues, right? You need, I need five minutes of this or I need certain instrumentation, right?
1: Or I don't have the electronic equipment to exactly. do that, So sorry. <laughs>
0: exactly. But then I love saying, but besides that, do what you want. Exactly. <laughs> and, and kind like, of Like surprise sing. me. Yeah. And almost every time I'm surprised in a good way and I love the new... Ideas that are coming from yeah from people, I love the old ideas that get a new veneer from oh people. yeah, yeah, and it's just
1: it's a challenge, but it's a challenge it, that you love,
0: yeah, I mean, I don't even think of it as a challenge. it's just like I feel like almost morally obligated <laughs> to ensure that new music gets written and new music gets played. Because yeah. if you look at every single era of music before the 20th century and the 21st century, most music was new, and they were yeah. yeah, and I feel like that's just an important aspect of being a performer and being just part of musical culture.
1: Yeah, and it should be normal. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that we should not think about it as, oh, this is my express purpose. Or, we shouldn't silo people into being new music pianists. We should just all incorporate it if we can. And and I highly encourage students to to work with fellow composers who are students. Um, One, great relationships. But, like, you will have so much camaraderie working together. Like, yeah. it will make everything so much more fun like think about it you can program pieces from your friends on your recital and surprise everybody that's right that's right yeah um anyways so we could talk about this forever we just (laughs) kind of
0: we should probably move on to our current obsessions yay yay (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> you dropped so low that yeah you died
0: <laughs> okay so i am totally obsessed with my soda stream you know what a i saw stream? you
1: drinking that yeah. look i have mine too i know i love these things fizzy water i
0: know fizzy water is amazing
1: because uh, water is so fucking boring, I have to tell well, you. Well,
0: I mean I don't mind water, but I oh, just I love it. fizzy water, it's great. And Well, let
1: me tell you this. I am addicted to Diet Coke, so the soda stream actually saved me. Yeah. From having no teeth.
0: From getting type two diabetes?
1: That too, but <laughs> I was just thinking of my teeth.
0: Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so what's your current obsession, Jeanette?
1: Well, I was I was actually thinking about um Because I've been obsessed with this lately, but it's also very apropos because it's related to what we were talking about. So I'm currently, um, you know, listening to all of our competition, composition, competition submissions. Uh And um, we have more than three times the submissions we had last year, which is great. Yeah. Because uh, I love, I love this. And it's like, um, I think This is an endorsement of music that's being written right now because the submissions we get are from all around the world. Like uh, we have from Australia, we have Great Britain, we have Russia, we have Israel, we have China, we have Korea. Um, We have Sweden, I think. We have France. We have – like it's basically a very international uh, pot. And Uh it's fascinating to me because they're so varied and they're so different. And I'm like – I'm I'm loving it because I never know what one's going to come out as and so like one of them is called rage against the piano I thought that was <laughs> and yeah I mean it's just like oh oh and this this other one um was called the four seasonings
0: oh nice <laughs> And
1: it is like saltando and oh. sugarando it was adorable I mean like I I find these delightful yeah. a lot of them so, yeah, I mean, it's it's more like uh, I'm obsessed with the way music is going. Like the uh, huge, huge amount of creativity out there. And I know this sounds really cheesy, but like, I'm really impressed. Yeah. And oh, also endorsing piano quartet music because a lot of pieces are not being written for that genre. So thank you to everyone who submitted for this competition. That's great. That's great.
0: That's great. And this brings us to the close of So Many Wrong Notes.
1: New episodes every Sunday available on our website, so many or through iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. And visit our Facebook and Instagram, many Wrong Notes are our,
0: our very Asian Twitter handle. So many wrong No es Not so <laughs> many Wrong note. Not. No es.